0: Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds.
1: Reading from Psalm one thirty nine thirteen through 18. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I am still with you.
0: Well, let's get started with our lesson today. A long time ago, like a really long time ago, 2,600 years ago, there was a son of a priest named Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, he was called into ministry by God, specifically into prophetic ministry. Uh, And he would have this career that would span over 40 years. Um, Jeremiah's life, in ministry, uh, it is it is filled with with drama. It is filled with uh, many interesting details. Uh, Jeremiah had an interesting life, but uh, specifically, though, what's really interesting, uh, what's sharply interesting about Jeremiah is is that God informs him; he informs us that before Jeremiah was even formed in the womb, God had called him to be a prophet. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. It's in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 1. I want to take a look at just verses 4 and 5. The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. So before Jeremiah was born, God already had it in mind that Jeremiah was going to be a prophet to the nations. God chose Jeremiah. God knew Jeremiah long before dad and mom ever got together. God has a mission. God has a plan, a purpose for Jeremiah. His, his calling, his work, his ministry, all of that is hashed out Before Jeremiah was even in the womb, God knows us before we even exist as us. How does that make you feel? jeremiah was was set apart before his his birthday, specifically elected to be a prophet to the nations. Prophets speak on behalf of God and right now in our time and climate, we really need some prophetic voices right now. so prophets they're speaking on behalf of God you know for instance, when the dominant culture uh, is is choosing death, prophets of God, one of their main jobs is is uh, to, to perhaps speak life to the nation, to the church, to the institution. Prophets uh, give people hope. Prophets speak life and they, they, they talk about this kingdom reality that, that's in line with God's rule, God's character. You know, they, they, they speak out things that are uh, that, that line up with the reign of God breaking in. Uh, to people's lives and, and things like that. So, so Jeremiah, he's a prophet, he's a prophet to the nations and, and uh, yeah, God has these big plans and and these big dreams for Jeremiah long before he even existed uh, as, as a human. And so let's just pause and think right now, you know, I, I want you to think about God knowing you, that God has chosen you. He has, he has knit you together in your mother's womb. God has handcrafted plans and, and purposes for you. He has given you gifts and, and graces, and, and uh, he has given, given just special detail to your life. God has formed you in the womb. Let's just take a moment and think about that. This action of of forming this verb uh, is actually the same word that we see in Genesis. In Genesis two, when when God forms Adam, Adam, uh, when God forms Adam, hu- humanity, the human, uh, out of out of the dust. So let's turn to Genesis chapter one now. Uh, we're given this creation account, actually two creation accounts in the book of Genesis, Genesis one and two, uh, but in short. God, the creator, creates, and as creator creates creation, he takes time to enjoy his creation. We see this rhythm. God uh, takes moments to enjoy uh, his work, and he says it is good. God speaks, and creation happens. God speaks, and, and the universe and all that is here within it uh, just exists. But here's the thing, by the time we get down to verse 26 of chapter 1, when it comes to the creation of humanity, it becomes a conversation. Let's check it out. Genesis 1 verse 26, then God said, let us, okay this is the trinity here, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Humans are created in the image of God. Did you notice that being made in the image of God is said three times in this little uh, poem here in, in Genesis? We are made in the image of God. It's said three times. This is important. Image of God teachings, the image of God doctrine in our Christian faith is so important. Out of all of creation, human beings bear the, the reflection of, of God, the image of God. God. So the Bible teaches us that uh, God made one human, Adam. Uh, But then uh, God sees that, hey, it's not good for Adam to to be alone. And so God splits the Adam, and male and female, he created them. Humanity, male and, and female, both made in the image of God. And then we see in verse 26 here that that You know, God gives us a mission and a purpose right there in the garden. It it says that we are to rule over the the garden, the the fish and the the, the birds and the livestock and the whole earth, okay? God's plan was for us to have active dominion within creation. And this is royal Language here. We are royal beings made in the image of God, and we are called to co-rule this planet with with God. In other words, God. If we think of Him as as King, God is King. God delegates authority to us, responsibility to us. We we carry His reflection, His kingship, uh, responsibility. We are here to help co-rule, collaborate, co-labor uh, this and and work this this planet. We carry this reflection and responsibility. And so as representatives, humans as representatives, humans as reflections, we are also called to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to subdue it. In Genesis 2, God gives us the project of serving and and keeping the garden. Other words we could use here is like to watch over it to to guard it okay we are garden keepers we are earth keepers psalm 85 uh, says that we are crowned with glory and honor we are god's crowned creation we are god's crowned creation and we are given the task of participating in ruling and and caretaking this this planet Formed from the dust, God gives us breath. God gives us the breath of life. But human beings made in the image of God, we, we are dusters. We're, we're earthlings. And, uh, you know, yes, we, we have a, a connection to the earth. Okay? And, and we are supposed to take care of it, the animals and the plants and the water and, and, and so on. And so so here in Genesis, we, we find out who we are. We find out where we are, and we find out what we are supposed to be doing. And so this is where I just want to take a moment. I just, I just want to hang this out there that, um, you know, when we talk about human life, when we talk about Earth, okay, there is a need, especially in Western American evangelical circles, there is a need to have more pro-life agendas in conversation with pro-earth agendas. I just want to take a moment and, and hang that out there. Like, you know, if, if you are pro-life, if you are for life, pro-life conversations and creation care conversations, um, and and having these two conversations talk to each other, like like these are God honoring conversations to be having. Okay? And 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 you know, just a quick uh, little uh, example is like you know, wanting to uh, reduce pollution so that our kids can have clean water to drink and clean air to breathe, so that they can have a, a good life and and can uh, you know develop properly and, and 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 grow up and and be strong and all of that. Like like that's that's a pro life stance. That's that's a pro life conversation. You know, and so I just want you to kind of see like. Um, when we, when, if, if we kind of fall into a pro-life, uh, conversation that like pro-life conversations are big and include other areas, including like taking care of the earth. I mean, go back to Genesis and and right there it is made in the image of God, take care of the planet, keep it, watch over it, subdue it. I recently saw a report. (laughs) It's, uh. It's it's wild, but um, microplastics, microplastic uh, particles are now being found in the womb, okay? So, like, unborn babies in the womb, uh, they're encountering environmental issues. They're encountering pollution before they're even born. So, microplastics, the size of, like, 5 to 12 microns, like, like super, super tiny. Uh, these tiny pieces of plastic are... In amniotic fluid and and whatnot, and the thing is like, where do these microplastics come from? Well, it, it comes from us. It comes from everybody. Like we have all contributed to uh, <laughs> to this issue of like like plastic is just everywhere, uh, and now it's in it's in the tiny spaces of of life. It's in in these small spaces, like in in the womb. Microplastics are. Are being found, and so um, you know to, to be pro-life, to be an advocate for life, to have a robust understanding uh, that, that humans are made in the image of God, that we reflect God, that 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 every person carries this royal purpose this royal dignity and, and value that that God has built us to have relationship with him and with with others that, that God has given us a a mission of of reflection of responsibility God has given us this this task of ruling and subduing and guarding and keeping the the earth you know I would just like to suggest this morning that being pro-life being pro-life means participating, in conversations and projects that promote life. (laughs) Things that promote human flourishing. I think being pro-life is a huge calling. And obviously there's so much more to talk about human life, human dignity and worth and the sanctity of, of human life the the image of God doctrine to explore that further. And, and, uh, you know, to dive in deep with with the dominion doctrine, and there's so much more to say and explore and discover with all of these things today. Um, but let's cut to the chase. Sin has ruined everything. <laughs> Sin has has messed us up. Uh, we still bear the image of God, but we're all messed up. We're we're, we're cracked images. Okay, sin has, has ruined stuff. The thief has stolen, he has killed, he is destroyed. And as as humans, we need we need Jesus. We need a savior. And the good news is Jesus is the one who offers us new life, the good life, real life. He comes to bring us life the life abundant, life in the fullest sense. We need Jesus to help us reflect God in this world. We need Jesus. We need Jesus to transform us in his Holy Spirit so that we can participate in the mission, in the plans, and the callings that, that he has for us. In Colossians chapter one, we, we have this powerful passage, Colossians chapter one. We, we learn that, that Jesus is before all things and by him all things hold together all things in heaven and earth created by Christ, sustained by Christ and redeemed by Christ. In Colossians we also learn that that Jesus is the head of the church, the, the body of, of believers of, of, of transformed humans. Jesus is a head of, of this group. This, this Jesus assembly, he is at the head of the church. Every tribe, tongue, and nation, um, this, this body of, of believers uh, is, is there. All these Jesus people are there. And then it says in Colossians 1.20 that all things, that's important, all things have been reconciled through the blood of Christ shed on the cross. All things have been reconciled through the blood of Christ. Of Christ shed on the cross. Big important point I want to borrow here is from uh, Christopher J.H. Wright. He says, we are not saved out of creation, but as part of creation that God has redeemed through Christ. The church is not just a container of souls until they get to heaven, but the living demonstration of the unity of that is God's intention for the whole creation. There is a unity. There is a peace. There, there is this shalom. There, there's this peace, this shalom that we are all eagerly waiting for. And Romans 8 lets us know that creation waits eagerly for it as well. In Christ, in the kingdom of God, we we get bits and pieces of that shalom today. Now, not all of us are called to be prophets like Jeremiah, but all of us do reflect God. We are image bearers. And the only way that, that we get our restored image, the only way we can, we can reflect God back to him, back to the world. The only way that like, we get to do that again is through Jesus Christ. Sin has cracked us. Sin has distorted us. But through Christ, as recreated images, as recreated humans, we become new creations. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. In the Greek, uh, it reads more like, if anyone is in Christ, dot, dot, new creation. If anyone's in Christ, new creation. In Christ, the work of a new creation has already begun in the church, in in the body of believers. And again, we get to see bits and pieces of this unity and and shalom. and And it starts on the inside. It starts in the human heart. We start to transform. But again, you know, to be to be pro-life, it means to be pro-redemption. It means to be uh, pro-life means to be pro-Jesus, to, because we we want others to experience abundant life, to be recreated in the image of. Of Christ, Because Christ is, is where we find forgiveness of sins. Christ is where we find that recreation. Christ is where we find that redemption. Jesus Christ is the only one who can take us back to the garden, where we can enjoy right relationship with God again, where, where we can enjoy his presence, where we can walk with God in the cool of the day. It's only through Christ. Christ brings that restoration. So, in Christ, when we talk about life and what we're supposed to be doing and what's, what's the good life, in Christ, Jesus Christ points us to the good life. We can learn about the good life. In Christ, we can learn to love and lead and care and, and speak life and give blessings and be generous and be hospitable. In Christ, we can learn to listen with, with grace and humility. In Christ, you know, he's the one who who teaches us how to be human again. Human again. And he, he teaches us how to love as as new humans. In Christ, our love is patient. In Christ, it's actually Christ, it's Christ's love in us. Uh, in Christ, it's, it's Christ's love in us that makes us kind. Christ's love in us uh, does not dishonor others. And so on and so on. In, in Christ, we find room in our hearts to, to have great love and compassion for women and, and men and everybody else affected by abortion and, and all the, the pain and trauma that, that comes with, with that. We need Christ in our heart. We need Christ to soften our hearts on 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 many pro life issues and today i'm about expanding the pro life agenda to to the in, the in the widest sense that it's not just about abortion but pro life is is huge as a church with 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 christ leading us we can be ready to talk about alternatives to abortion we and uh, you know as a church we we can raise awareness about foster care and, and adoption. We can help raise money uh, to, to meet those needs. Families trying to raise money to adopt. Why is adoption so expensive? Can the church help solve that problem? We can love and cherish the chronically ill and the disabled, and, and uh, we can support the caretakers amongst us. We can honor and care for our elderly. We can educate ourselves on modern-day slavery. You know, we have ministry work to do with refugees and immigrants. And, you know, we can find ways to support the homeless and those in poverty. We can simply just be friendly to the stranger and the foreigner amongst us. That's that's pro-life. To be for life. You are chosen before the foundation of the world. In Christ, you are free to seek out the good life, but not just for you, but for others, for your family, for your community. By God's grace, you get to choose to do projects that promote human life, projects that promote human flourishing. Be a promoter of healing and wholeness. Pro being pro life means to understand your meaningful purpose and mission on this planet. And so on this sanctity of human life Sunday, while trying to keep this message on the shorter side today, I would like to just end with a statement from our denomination. We agree that all humans, male and female, are made in the image of God, and therefore have intrinsic dignity that should be respected and honored. Indeed, the breath of life in all human beings is a gift from God. Each life lost is a unique creation made in God's image who might have blessed our society in extraordinary ways. We must, as Christians and members of the Evangelical Congregational Church, respect God's gift of life. Amen.